This evening, we're going to think about being the royal priesthood, which we are all part of, the church. And it is an important topic, I feel, during these days, because the, the idea and concept of a, the church being the royal priesthood can be preached in different denominations as if we were coming before God without uh, our intermediary, our great intercessor, Jesus Christ, our high priest. Sometimes it can seem that we are coming before God as the royal priesthood. But in fact, we come before our great high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ, who in turn offers up prayers continually before God the Father. And it is on this that we will focus on tonight. From our reading in Malachi, we are going to consider what it is to approach the Lord in fear and in awe. From our reading in John, we will think upon the centrality of Christ and our adoption into the family of God. In Peter, we will reflect upon being the royal priesthood together. Ralph Smith writes that Malachi chapter 1 and 2 pick up on two important themes. In Malachi chapter 1, the theme is love. In Malachi chapter 2, the theme is fear. The word fear occurs twice in Malachi chapter 2. And another word for fear, awe, occurs once. So let us think about the definition of the word fear together. Let's start by thinking, is fear all about terror? Bamberger cites Psalm 130 verse 4, which goes, But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. And also Exodus 20, 20. Fear not, for God has come to prove you that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. These two verses are examples of the fact that the word fear does not mean terror. Fear is about coming into God's holy presence. So, is fear then about honour and respect? In Malachi chapter 1, fear is parallel to honour and respect by keeping the law of sacrifice in a worthy manner. In chapter 2, Fear and awe, and awe are used to describe the fear and awe Levi had toward God as he carried out his priestly ministry. 
if we take honour being in parallel to fear in definition. Honour in Hebrew means to be heavy, weighty, burdensome, honoured. The Hebrew word covered honour also means glory and is characteristic of priestly duties within the weightiness of God's glory. Glory stands for the awe-inspiring, heavy presence of God. Glory is a priestly word in Leviticus, and name is the word used in Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, the name of God stands for his presence, the heaviness of God's glory. Malachi accuses the priests of despising and polluting Yahweh's name to treat it wickedly, unrighteously, to hold it in disdain and contempt. And how could they when they were working in the very presence of God? The opposite of despise is fear, to be kind. Proverbs 14.21 reads, He that despiseth his neighbour sinneth, but he that has mercy on the poor, happy is he. Proverbs 15.20 reads, A wise son maketh a glad father, and a foolish man despiseth his mother. Fear means to be glad, to hear, to honour, to keep. When Malachi spells out how the priests have despised Yahweh's name in chapter 1, he points to the polluted bread and uncleaned animals being offered at God's table at his altar. And the outcome? So God will make them despised and abased before all people. The point is that the attitude of the priesthood was and is in stark contrast today to the previous attitude of Levi to a greater or lesser extent. We are thinking here of apostate church. We are thinking here of a syncretic church that is compromising. And the attitude that God calls all his priests, which you are, you are the royal priesthood. The attitude is to be the same as that of Levi and the early priests. And believe it or not, the attitude of the Gentiles. How can I say the attitude of the Gentiles? Well, if we were to read Malachi 1.11, and let's do that now, let's read Malachi chapter 1, verse 11.
Malachi chapter 1 verse 11. For from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place incense shall be offered unto my name and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. When the priesthood is in awe of God, the royal priesthood which we are, the nations also, the Gentiles also are in awe of God. What a responsibility we have. We have the responsibility to manifest priestly order that glorifies God in awe and wonder, in deep love and deep respect. Today's priests need to revisit the attitude of Levi and the early priesthood. We need to give glory to Yahweh's name and examine our conscience before him. We have not been given a light task. Being regenerated, being born again by the Holy Spirit working in our lives. By being discipled into understanding that our sins have been atoned for in Christ. That so that our faith is not only about believing, but it is about repentance and godly sorrow. It is then understanding that we are freely forgiven and adopted children of God. We are not then permitted just to relax into the Sabbath rest of God's presence. We are charged as church to be the light unto the Gentiles. We are charged as church to present to the nations that God is to be feared. It is the, royal, it is the job of the royal priesthood and we are that royal priesthood to magnify and glorify our great high priest, our Lord Jesus Christ. As we examine ourselves under the terms of the new covenant, before our great high priest, Jesus Christ our Lord, we are comforted by the fact that Jesus alone is pure and holy in the midst of God. We come before the mercy seat of God, in godly sorrow for our wretched state, falling before Christ our Saviour, who shed blood covers our sin, and God's wrath towards us is appeased. God is holy, sin is unholy. Without Christ we cannot come into God's presence. It is therefore not a flippant matter, just to repeat, to be the royal priesthood. We do not have direct access to God the Father except through Jesus Christ, 
our great high priest. We must worship our Lord and our God. As mentioned this morning, Colossians says that Jesus Christ is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We worship him because that is pleasing to God the Father. God the Father has appointed Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour to be worshipped and adored by the royal priesthood, us. And as we do it, it is sweet fragrance unto God the Father. And so we are worshipping him in all awe and honour and respect too. Christ, our high priest, reconciles us with God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, and remains alongside us, continually making intercession for us. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5. Christ is our only and all-sufficient high priest. He is the fulfilment of the Levitical priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. The question arises, how did he become our high priest? He dwelt among us, as in our gospel reading. As the light of the world, he was full of grace and truth. As the Son of Man, the second Adam, he was completely obedient to God the Father through the presence and power of the Holy Spirit with him. He is our example of perfection, of a perfect human life. His obedience was to fulfill all the requirements of the old covenant in order to bring us back into friendship with God as it was before the fall. To be adopted back into the family of God as children of God. As our high priest, his atoning sacrifice achieved that. Now, as his children, we are a royal priesthood. Royal because we stand in the kingdom of God. A priesthood because we worship our high priest, Jesus Christ our Lord and Saviour, in adoration, in reverence and awe. As high priest, Christ's example to us was one of complete obedience throughout his whole life. And that obedience was our, was on our behalf. It was a life lived in complete love for his lost people, us, who he came to redeem from sin, death and the power of the evil one. 
we love as a royal priesthood because he first loved us as we read this morning in 1 John 4. Latham writes, Since the whole of Christ's life was lived in vicarious obedience, obedience on our behalf, we cannot abstract any one part or any one period of time and say of it that this part rather than others was lived as our substitute and representative, as our high priest. As high priest at all times, his whole life was lived on our behalf. His obedience to the law of God was in our place, representing us. His human faith was for us and on our behalf. He showed how an unobtainable, perfect life could be lived this side of eternity. And that only God, the Son, could achieve it. And that is why we worship him. We cannot obtain perfection without Christ. Christ's perfection is our perfection. He did it for us. His righteousness is imputed to us in the law courts of God before his justice throne. His wrath is appeased because the blood of the Lamb covers our sin. And God the Father sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ in us. He does not see any righteousness of our own. It is all of Christ and this is why we worship him. His worship of God was in place of us as we were worshipping God from our own sinful nature which he came to make righteous. His whole obedient sacrifice, suffering, the, the sanctions of the law, expiating, covering our sin with his own blood, appeasing the Father's wrath towards our sin, reconciling God to us and delivering us from the dominion of sin and Satan, was undertaken in our place as our high priest the whole life of jesus christ was to redeem us the whole life of jesus christ was to fulfill and show that the old covenant could be fulfilled by a perfect life but it took the life of the son of god in his human nature to do it he alone is pure he alone is spotless without sin and as our high priest, as we were talking a lot about last week, as our high priest, he offered up himself as our atoning sacrifice because alone, he alone could fulfill the broken, the requirements of a broken old covenant. The requirements of the broken old covenant state that the party that broke it must die. 
And that's all of Adam's fallen race. But thanks be to God for the second Adam, whose life was pure, who did not deserve to die, but died in our place. Why? To redeem us. And that is why we worship him. And it is ours. Our redemption is ours because he did it all in our place. We could not reconcile ourselves to God. The whole of redemptive history points to the categorical life-saving fact that God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit planned our salvation from all eternity. And what love is manifested in the Trinity there. From all eternity, they had a plan. A plan to redeem us. Because God, in his omniscience, in all his knowledge, knew that we would fall. That we would not be able to simply keep one commandment. Thou shalt not. And as we mentioned last week, Adam did. And through Adam, so did we all. Father, Son and Holy Spirit planned our salvation from all eternity and achieved it in the word of God becoming flesh, the Son of Man, and achieving our salvation from, for us as our high priest. Our salvation wrought through Christ's completely obedient life lived on our behalf for us is ours because he did it in union with us. He took our wretchedness, sin de and death while in faith we receive from him his righteousness and life. I'm aware that the time has come to an end. But I'll finish here just briefly. As a royal priesthood, his people, the church of Christ, uh, the church of which Christ is head, let us use the privileges of coming into the presence of Almighty God with our spiritual vision focused solely on our great High Priest. And as a royal priesthood, standing firmly in the kingdom of light, we worship and adore in fear and awe, in honour and deep respect, in the weightiness of God's presence. As the royal priesthood, we are the redeemed image of God in his creation. Let's be focused on the centrality of Christ, our high priest, and the culmination of redemptive history that Jesus Christ our Lord achieved at Gethsemane and Golgotha. Let us be focused 
on what he did for us at the cross. Let us be focused on what he did for us in being raised from the dead, in his ascension, and in Pentecost, his benediction upon us in sending the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, to be our comforter until he returns. Thanks be to God. We now stand to pray. Almighty and everlasting Father, who loves us with a love that surpasses all understanding, we come before your throne of grace in deep appreciation for the redemptive work carried out in history that you planned as Trinity from all eternity to save us who you knew would fail to save us by sending your son our Lord Jesus Christ the word of God incarnate full of grace and truth to live a perfect life to fulfill the old covenant requirements and in doing so to establish the everlasting new covenant, sealed in his blood. It is an unbreakable covenant. It is a covenant between God and God, between God the Son and God the Father. It endures forever and ever. It endures and so, we are in, and so we are comforted. Lord, these are the deep things of God. And we, your creatures, we only scratch the surface of the mystery of God. But God, we are in full adoration and appreciation that you have accommodated yourself to us. You have given us an understanding of who you are and what you have done for us, so that we can worship you forever as the royal priesthood, worshipping Jesus Christ, our great high priest, and through him, God the Father, and all by the power of the Holy Spirit, keeping us in Christ. Lord, be with us this working week. Comfort us, comfort those who are suffering, grieving, who are anxious, who have troubles to consider. Comfort them as only you can. And Lord, for those who are free from such troubles for a short period of time, most likely, we rejoice with them in whatever they are rejoicing in. So Lord, be with us this week, we pray. Now for the blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.